everybody. Welcome to episode one of Don't Make Me Come Back. They're a funny podcast about family. My name is Dustin. I'm the host. I'm a stand-up comedian here with fellow stand-up comedian and our producer, Stephen English. Hey, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for everybody for tuning in to episode one. You did it. Each week, we're going to talk to different funny people and people of interest about their life in family. That can be real broad, though. That can be about uh, relationships, online dating, raising teenagers, video games, uh, humor in the home, weddings, all kinds of fun stuff. And today, we have a very funny episode talking to the one, the only, Vicky Barbalek, B-A-R-B-O-L-A-K. Vicky Barbalek is a legend and a staple in the San Diego comedy scene. We recorded this uh, before we did a show together on Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. at Madhouse Comedy Club, and it is a really funny episode. She has an incredible, unique perspective, and we really kind of harp on that idea of what it means to be a parent and pursue your dream career, to chase something that doesn't make a lot of sense, and the cost and the sacrifice, uh, and also just sometimes just the great time and the great stories that can come from that. You can follow Vicky on Twitter at Trailer Vic. That's Trailer V-I-C. Why that? Well, you're going to learn about yeah. it in the episode. <laughs> Vicky lives in a trailer park and she wears that proudly. So before we get a little started, uh, a little, a little uh, talk about my life real quick. Uh, two quick things. Last week I was in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, didn't get shanked. Successful yeah. trip to Detroit. Uh, two funny things that happened on this trip. Uh, one, uh, that I didn't realize was going to involve my friend Stephen here, but it ended up doing. Uh, first off, uh, you know I take a lot of like crazy, terrible red eyes, and uh, just to get like zombie walking through. <laughs> you know, like you don't even know where you are. I'm in Detroit, Michigan, on the way home, and it's like a 4 a.m. flight, which is 2 a.m. my time, and I, uh, I, I'm going down like one of those like giant like two-story escalators. Yeah. And I don't realize that I've put my bag, like, in between two steps at the very top of it. Sure. And it starts to tilt. And it's one of those ones that doesn't have fabric. So it tips over, and it's got about 50 feet until it's going to hit the bottom. <laughs> and it takes off like a rocket and picks up speed with each one. And it is loud. Shoot, 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 shoot. Everybody's looking around. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that, a big dramatic moment, all eyes, what's happening down yeah. here. And I'm just praying that it doesn't hit anybody because right. it would legit tear an ACL. Yeah. Like, or if it, <laughs> if it hit a neck, I'm, I'm, I'm getting sued. Yeah. I'm going, maybe I a could. A baby? <laughs> just a baby. Just a just loose baby. baby. Just, just like, sitting around. You know, you know those airport babies. I hate dramatic moments. I hate being embarrassed so much and all eyes on me because as it's going down, I hear some guy on the escalator going up going, holy crap, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I just pick it up and I was like, I just got to act like this isn't my suitcase. Yeah. I got, <laughs> but I do it. I grab it and I walk and I think the moment's done. And then like two minutes later, I get on the tram. And the gate agent's there, and she goes, you're that crazy person who dropped his suitcase. <laughs> it's like, crazy I person. I can't avoid these moments. So <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, I get on the plane. That's the way back. The way out, I had uh, – so when I travel, I'm always, like, kind of weighing – who's on the plane and I'm like all right I'm looking for annoying personalities and uh as we're boarding I see this dude who's like we're in like the like tram like way getting to get on the plane and dude's like singing yeah just bouncing be bopping yeah and he's just happy and I was like this this guy (laughs) 
who's happy about getting on a plane? I don't. And to Detroit. I know, so, yeah. And it looks kind of vaguely familiar, but I don't really. Yeah, we're going to Detroit. Smokey no Robinson less. is probably the only. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, you know, like beat bopping and yeah. doo wopping and the whole thing. And, you know, it's, I was like, are you singing to anyone in particular? Anyways, of course, I'm sitting next to this fool <laughs> in the middle seat. Uh, his wife, uh, he graciously gave the seat to his wife. And he wants to chat. And I never want to talk on planes. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Talking through my headphones type yeah. kind of guy. And uh, I was like, you just go ahead and sing, man. Just yeah. do, you do you. You sing. Uh, but you don't bother me. Things are going kind of normal on the flight. Him and his wife both fall asleep. And every once in a while on Instagram, I'll take a picture of someone sleeping uh next to me you know hashtag selfies with sleeping strangers so i get the shot and it gets weird though because this dude wakes up and is sick yeah not like throwing up sick but like he's like i'm real clammy and he's like telling me and i was like all right uh and then he wakes up his wife who's out cold uh and he's like i'm just not i'm not feeling well i'm feeling real clammy and she gets out the puke thing and then it escalated so quickly so fast yeah. because they call the flight attendant and then she goes I'm gonna see if there's a doctor on board. And I was like, isn't this guy just puking? Yeah. Like, where are we getting a doctor? No. We there is a doctor on board. Yeah. Comes back, get oxygen. Yeah. Whole thing. Everybody's looking at this. I get kicked out of my seat. Yeah. And I go up to like a you know, not not Did first, they put you in first class? Not no, business not. class. Oh, that's I was pretty like good. in the Delta that's Comfort up there. And it's this whole thing, everybody's asking me questions like I know. Like <laughs> or like I I did it. Yeah. Like I knocked him out. And uh, that goes on for like maybe 20, 30 minutes, and I come back, and uh, and and he, I come back, and not only is he fine, he's singing. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> like it never happened. And he looks at me, and he's like, "You almost got up to first class. You you should be thanking me, huh, for that 30 yeah. minutes up there." And I was like, "Fool, what yeah. is your problem, doing, man? Doing a, trying to trying about a bit. You're lucky to be alive right yeah. now." Uh, I he the situation kind of settles. He puts on some headphones and he listens. I, I see that he's listening to Brian Regan, and that's when I started looking. I was like, "Wait a minute, this guy does look familiar." Yeah. And I'm trying to put the pieces together, and then I get a clue of who I think it may be, and I land and I text Stephen English, yeah. our producer here, and I said, "Hey, is your dad on a flight to Detroit?" <laughs> and you first say no. I said no, yeah, because I I forgot that they were going to New York that day and then right after I get that text from Dustin I go no and I said it's probably Denzel yeah. I was trying to make a joke that my dad would look like Denzel and then uh, two seconds after that my my wife is on, my fiance is on the phone and she gets a call and it's my mom and she goes your dad just passed out on a plane and they had to like call the doctor and I texted Dustin I was like yo what did you do to my dad what happened what did I do for your dad I saved your dad's life you okay relax alright relax <laughs> you got up you got up and you got you got upgraded for 15 minutes on a flight to Detroit all that to say watch your blood pressure out there watch it was his blood sugar blood sugar he hadn't all eaten right. he He's he's very much like me where I'll forget to eat if my if my fiance's not around to tell me to eat dinner. And that's how I this just all won't. relates to family, everybody. <laughs> you if your fiance you if you got blood sugar issues, text them. Yeah, you got to get yourself text a nice your husband. Boo. Text your husband. Eat an apple. <laughs> Grab a fruit snack. Anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, as we mentioned uh, on the last episode, and we will every episode, please make sure you follow us online, subscribe, uh, rate uh, our podcast. We appreciate all that. Uh, we are at Don't Make Me Come Back There on Instagram and Twitter. Also, you can email us at Don't Make Me Come Back There at gmail.com. Everybody, enjoy this episode and this chat with Vicki Barbalek.
That's in it. This is so nice and such a beautiful spot Isn't here this in nice? this abandoned Italian restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I want so, some bread. Yeah. So for those uh, no one knows yet, we are at Madhouse Comedy Club. Uh, you were a comic in San Diego before Madhouse Comedy Club existed. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I knew Did the owner and Robert and his uh, sweet co-owner-ish friend. Uh, yeah, and yeah. It's been really fun to watch them do so well. This is, <coughs> I have a totally different relationship with it in that this is my first everything club. My first uh -huh. open mic, my first book show, my first headline, my first weekend, all of the firsts that you can have in comedy yeah. happen in Madhouse. So it's That's like, great. Uh, I would, uh, for the first, I think I counted like first three years of comedy, I did more sets here than any other club or room combined that's changed since but i was here it was the first club that i was passed at i was here all so the did, time. did did that mean like for me when i first started there was a comedy store in la jolla which i never could get on because i was so bad and um my daughter would call in every sunday to see if i had a set she'd go hey my name is vicky <laughs> she uh, would call in on your back am i am i on the set list <laughs> no thank you yeah no mom yeah no <laughs> why do you make me do this mom because i can't do it yeah like you're and just too nervous. I can't handle the rejection. You oh, take it. Oh man, it's not as personal to you. This it's is not happening right when to you. you. Started to that twelve-year-old daughter that I did that oh, to. Oh man, yeah. And she did it every week. She's a oh, trooper. Are the kids always? She's learned to love rejection. <laughs> She's good at it. Well, I was gonna say comics. That that's the whole business. Yeah, is rejection. I know, and, and I don't know why. That's the only thing that bothered me was hearing that no every every Sunday. But um, does so it did, still? Is it still there? Like the uh, the no's when I'm rejected? that we're not booking you? Or no, I remember when I, I tried out for Boston Comedy Festival, and yeah. I go there, and I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to go to Boston, but yeah. I'll go. And I didn't get it. They didn't even really notice. I mean, I didn't have a good audition, too. Was a, I just, I really, somebody dropped, there was no excuse, but I, sh I was had a terrible audition. And I still thought, well, anyway, they'll still take me because I'm so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, and it was hilarious because I didn't, I didn't, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm telling you, I didn't care at all. Right. I didn't feel rejected. I was just surprised that, oh, shocked. How could Boston <laughs> Comedy Festival not want Vicky Barbalat? This is silly. <laughs> so dumb. How dare they? Oh, my God. Yeah. Phyllis Diller is mentioned in your bio. I read that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, you had a question. So Go I was going to ask you, since you had such a palatial club to work at, professional, fabulous club, right. and they loved you from the beginning. Well, that's that, not true. But well, they, I, mean, I mean, I think it is. At, you know, right, pretty right away, and, and as they should. But now. Did that mean you still had to go grubbing at all the horrible bars around town? Did you yeah. do that? Yeah, I did a lot of bad shows. You did I mean, a lot of bars. Because even when you I first, to. you do absolutely. And I was talking to somebody about this. I did uh, a show on Monday. It was at a restaurant, and it was okay. You know, one of those shows yeah. where everybody has fun except the comics. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, that's like good. And but what you realized is is you you learn to appreciate comedy clubs and good rooms. Um, if for no other reason that the crowd chose to be at a comedy show. Yeah. And that's why bars are so hard. Bar hijacks right. where... But, yes, exactly. They don't want this. But why why are you here? <laughs> I remember we, we used to go in with just a microphone and a box. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't even know. The bar did not know we were coming. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> you would, That's a true bar hijack. No, they didn't the, book the no, show? No, no. Yeah. No, we'd walk in with a box and a mic and we'd, could we could we do a show? And they and we said did yes? it a lot like on Garnet. Yeah. Oh. Oh, they usually said yes. <laughs> and they never said yes a second time, so you have to go <laughs> to different bars all the time. 
It's like two or three of us. <laughs> That's horrible. Got to teeth in a different kind I of know. way. Yeah, I remember um, one of the worst. Uh, it was my very first paid show. Um, it was uh, somebody messaged me and said, "You will pay you in twenty dollars and a beer." And I was like, "I can't believe I'm getting paid to do comedy. Yeah, this is unbelievable." And it was at a brewery in Santee, and business was good. And I remember mm. thinking, the reason that bars and restaurants do shows is to get customers. It's full. You don't need a comedy show. You don't. You have enough business here. And it was the middle of March Madness, and uh, no, <laughs> and no. They, they turned the TVs off. No, no, they, they stopped the game they for the show. They turned the TVs off. No. I'm, remember, I'm excited walking out. You're I was like, this is my first book show. They turn the TVs off. The host goes up, does five, very this introduction brings me up. I'm supposed to be doing twenty. Halfway into my set, they turn the TVs back on and everybody claps. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But there were like five or six people that I just talked uh, to at that point. <laughs> uh, the first time I got paid to do 20, it was in Hawaii. Really? And yeah, my cousin lives over there and got me this job as a middle. I had maybe five minutes There was tops. a club out there? Yeah, there, well, there at the time, they, there was just, they did one night a week comedy and they brought real comics, a headliner and then a, right. a middler usually from the islands. But the headliner came from, you know, was, was a headliner. And so... She got me booked as a middler because I told her, yeah, I, oh, I, definitely I could do that. I, I maybe <laughs> had three to five minutes tops. No problem. And, and so I go to Hawaii. I'm having a great week. I'm not even worried about it. I'm drinking. I'm partying. I'm snorkeling. Yeah. I never think about what the I, Where in Hawaii are you at? You're in Maui. Right. There you go. And I'm never even thinking that this, this Friday night is coming. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, well, it'll work out. I, I kept thinking I'd write a set. I'd write a set. I'd yeah. come up with, no, I didn't do anything. <laughs> then Friday night happened. I get there, and lightning struck the generator in Maui, <laughs> and the power went completely out. <laughs> and the headliner's going around going, I can't work in the dark. They have to see my face. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> I could just do it in the dark. I'd look thinner. And I was, like, acting real disappointed that there was going to be a snow show. But I got saved by the lightning. By God. God, God not God sent for real. You. Yeah. I believe all the time that happened. He knew that you shouldn't go up you that night. He knew go. that you didn't, you you didn't have 20. Your cousin and all of her friends. It was sweet. That's great. So it sounds like the cousins and then the daughter in general, the family has always been pretty supportive of the comedy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I started, I was like 38 and I just started, you know, at Sandy Shores class mm -hmm. because that's where you sh everyone should start with Sandy Shores comedy class. Otherwise, you'll never be funny because it's essential. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's 858. I don't think they're running it anymore. <laughs> 4429. Yeah. Sandy, genius comic teacher. Anyway, uh, I'm. But I, anyway, that I walked in there and there's some really good guys that are still my friends. And right. And I walked in there with three big books, like big giant books. Yeah. So that people would think I was smart. <laughs> I was so like, that's who I was then. I was, I was. If I, I just carry these, if books, I just carry some large books, they'll go. There's an intellectual who does that? right there. <laughs> who does that? I don't even know where I got the books. What were the books? I, they were just large, big ass books. <laughs> I don't know. I could have like gotten them in a hotel lobby. I didn't read books like that. I just that. need three books. I just I need, need three large three books. books. Like people walk around, right. with three, you know, at any moment. Time. Yeah. That's who, who I was then. I had no idea of any. So you're 37. You said 38. 38. You're you have kids, married, relationship. What's kids? Going? And I was married to a second husband. Okay. And um. How old are the kids at this point? They were. Lily was six. Okay. And. No, five. And what were she you was doing? Five and Emily was like uh, thirteen. Okay, were you working Twelve. at the time? Were you staying at home? I, mom I worked for my parents' carpet store. Okay, which was hilarious yeah. because uh, 
my dad was a pro football player and he had really bad brain injury, which we just thought he was an ad bad guy. Right. But he wasn't when I was little. He's but as he got older, he got crazier. Like yeah. every morning he had a meeting oh in gosh. his glass office and he'd say, A-holes, A-holes. <laughs> That's all that ever works for me. I'm going to put an ad under the paper under A-holes. <laughs> I mean, that's who he was, and then my, they had to build a And you wall. didn't know at the time. I just thought he was we didn't a know. Yeah, we didn't know about no. football so players so nice and concussions and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Because yeah. he had a real sweet, wonderful side. Right. A w- like, you know, the wonderfulest guy in the world. And, yeah. And so finding that out was good. But And then they had to build a wall between my parents' desks because they threw stuff at each other all day long. So they built a five-foot brick wall. Yeah. And there was a liquor store next to the carpet store, literally attached. Okay. So they'd always so drink. So that's good and convenient. Yeah, very convenient. <laughs> so they would drink at night after they finished work, and then they'd fall asleep on the carpet rolls, and the people would come in in the morning. At the shop. Yeah. They would fall asleep at yeah. the Yeah. And okay. then they'd say, are you open? And the mom and dad would get up like nothing. And Wait, go, yeah, is, we're so open. your house is near this? No, or? our house is a few miles away, but okay. the shop is next to the liquor so store. So you guys are at home by yourself. Oh, at night, you know, because I was, I was like 19 okay, when we opened yeah, the yeah, shop. Yeah. So oh, I worked I for them 20 years. Yeah. And so they would sleep in the shop. Yeah, pretty much a lot of the time. Work, drink, sleep on the carpet rolls, and then get up whenever you get up the next. Exactly. (laughs) Was it a good business? Did they do well? Yeah, they did well because back then idiots could make money. (laughs) But like it was before Yelp. I mean, if there was Yelp on the Barbalax. Nobody knew it was bad. No, nobody knew. No, because we would you know, we'd cuss at customers. Get that, get out. It no, was like you're doing the could, bar show. They would buy one carpet. Right. They would and they buy. Would never come. But it was like there was. We had two customer types. Really, really rich people. Who, we only sold seconds and irregulars. So the carpets were all you know ruined before you bought them. Right. And so we had really, really rich people who liked to save money, mm-hmm. or just poor people who could go nowhere else. Okay. They had no alternative. Right. Now, did your dad have like a name? Was it like when you see an ex-athlete well, open up an so auto shop very or anything? Few pe- no, it was like. Okay. Okay. Barbalac, but it was in the 50s playing in the Steelers, so nobody remembered Okay, him. Just okay. weirdos. Where is this? Is this in Pittsburgh, or where are He's you guys at at this point? So we're in Oceanside. Oh, you're in Oceanside. Okay, so you're born and raised out here? Uh, pretty much. Okay, okay. So you work for them, go to work for them. Is that like straight out of high school then? Right, yeah, junior, uh, like 30 years in junior colleges while okay. I was with them. Yeah. When do you have kids? Then I had kids when I was uh, about 20, my first husband. No, I didn't have any with him. So my second husband is their dad. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like 20. I'm really bad with dates. It's 23, okay. 23, 24, and then yeah. eight years young later. Yeah, young 20s. Yeah, young, yeah. Yeah, and then, the and then eight years later. Yeah. So you start comedy much later. So you worked for them for 20 years, and then at 37, you 38. go. I just 38, sorry. And then I didn't really, and then I just did stand-up for fun for a few years, and then Mitzi saw me once at the comedy store in La Jolla, and then. And then she goes, bring her on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I never hardly got to be on that stage. But I've been working really hard. And, right. And Fred, the great manager who I love more than anything in, in the world, he was like my number one mentor. But he didn't know it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? He would just give <laughs> he you notes here and there? No, he would never give me notes. He right. He would speak to me. Right. But I worshipped him. And then eventually he did become my friend and he did become like a champion, which was the huge thing for me. But, yeah. But uh, he 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 would never put me up and so Mitzi saw me and she goes put her up and then I went <laughs> up and she loved me and put me in Hollywood after that so yeah it's exactly where I'm at right now it's we have three kids they're in good schools we seem happy and I drive up to LA once or twice a week yeah and you that's know? what you're gonna do and then when if you <clears throat> needed to though you could keep the fort down because you have a wife who could watch the kids right. if you had to be there five days right. a week I didn't even have that yeah you a know? wife who's a big fan of yours by oh, the way oh she's such oh. a <laughs> She'll be here tonight. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, we're uh, so we're at Madhouse, like we said earlier, and uh, we have a, a Valentine's Day show tonight. 
which I was excited to see you on the lineup. I'm so excited. Uh, it's been such a weird day. Did, uh, can I tell you this? Please do. Thing? So I live in a trailer park, and it's a very nice Vista, trailer park. Up in Vista, north of gated, San Diego. Fully gated. A gated My last trailer. trailer park, only one gate worked, which was ridiculous. I'm like, let's. why would we just have one? Right. So dumb. You'd wait there like in blazing saddles, and yeah. you know you could just drive out the other way. <laughs> but so This, this trailer, needs to be enclosed. Yeah, so this trailer park is super nice. Mm-hmm. I've been there five years. And I got a new trailer, the trailer of my dreams, up on a hill. Mm-hmm. Yes, you still close escort with the DMV, which is a drag, but yeah. the new trailer's up on a hill. It's like I've been watching this trailer five years. Yeah. Finally, I noticed the lady. This is the one. This could be This vacant. is the one you had your eye on. So I got it. We got it. We did everything to get it. So my niece is down. She got a new job, and she's come down from Southern Northern California. She drives down Sunday night. She parks at the new trailer up the hill from my house mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. after driving up in Northern. She comes back to our trailer. We wake up in the next morning. She goes to get her car her first day of her new job in La Jolla her car's gone what someone stole her car in La Jolla in the trailer park in the trailer park yeah oh, shocking <laughs> shocking <laughs> she has this gorgeous clothes coach bags and all, everything sure. in her world is in this van it's gone we're heartbroken oh. so then this morning Lou goes to change the laundry because we have a washing machine at the new trailer he goes to change the laundry the car is returned what? The car is returned. Someone brought the car back? To the back? parking lot with everything in it. What? Like it was a time warp. What like on Valentine's Day in the morning, it got returned overnight to the same spot which it was taken. What in the world? Yes, yeah, so I had to call the police. The police came down. They're like, what? Like, what? <laughs> this has never I go, happened. Nothing's better than the Oceans Eye Police. You guys can solve anything. At this point. Of course they think I'm crazy. Yeah. I like live in a trailer park. <laughs> I'm wearing a leopard underwear and some matching slippers. <laughs> they, more than they want to see in the morning. They're like, could you go put a robe on and come back with your ID? Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> and so... What happened? No, no, no one knows. It's like a copper no field. One Vanished exactly. it and then brought it back. Exactly. No one knows. <laughs> That's the strangest thing I've ever heard. I wonder if somebody just got a guilty conscience. Or maybe they got in and they saw what valuable it was in and then they got scared that somebody in the mob was going to kill them for stealing this car. Lou said they had Steeler's remorse. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So, okay, so uh, I'm I'm interested in a few things. I'm interested in the comedy start, but I'm also interested in the – what family life looks like when you start. So the girls are, I love that she's calling in your avails. Absolutely, and then Emily, the older that, one. Th- people yeah. don't realize that like it's a comic when yeah. you first start. I mean, I was talking to a friend about this recently. You know, a comic deals with rejection more than anybody I've ever met. Any, and it's not, they don't reject your ideas, they don't reject your work, they reject you. Right. They, no, we don't wanna book you. And then we deal with it on stage. Is they go no? It's it does it, it. People would say no, they don't like that joke. But when you're on stage, they go no, we don't like you. <laughs> we don't like we don't like your vibe. We don't like your energy. We don't like the words, your thoughts, your opinions. It's very very personal. And you 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 realize pretty early on, like you see a lot of people do a few open mics, couple maybe go a year or two, and it's just rejection, rejection. And they go, why am I doing this? Why why don't yeah. I sign up for this? I remember I loved bombing so much for the first few years. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. Yeah. People are like, you can stop now. Like, I don't know. This is pretty fun. That's, that's a funny idea. She's not very good. No, I love bombing. I love I love bombing. it. I'm choosing to do that. I know a lot of comics who it seems like they love bombing. Seriously. <laughs> I remember this one comic, like he I'm not gonna say his name, but I worked with him forever and it was and then Fred Burns went to Los Angeles and he was working at the Ice House and this comic came in and Fred used to tape them and tra- you know, charge twenty bucks at right. the corner room. So one day this guy said, Fred 
your machine is broken. It's absolutely broken. Fred's like, what do you mean? The guy <laughs> goes, I couldn't hear any laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're piping in, it's not coming through. So like, you this know, isn't working. So yeah, he, this m guy must have heard imaginary laughter yeah. in his head. But yeah, uh, yeah so, so the, the, be the beginning times are, like, you know, like, they are just bizarre. I dreaded that call so much. I dreaded the call to, to put my name on the open mic. I dreaded the call to see if I got on. Anymore, it's easy. Like a couple years ago, they switched. Like it's all online. It's all Facebook. You know, whether you're not. So it doesn't. It's it's distant. But on the phone, I would call Polo, who worked yeah. here. I go Polo, and hey, we didn't put you up, Dustin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We didn't get no no. So, what now, about how, what, how not on the kids, weekend? You couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't teach them to talk real deep <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, no. They're, they're they're learning all the words no, at that no, point. Well, don't change your diaper it and just, you call the store. And you go and you're so desperate at that point that you're like, I just need some stage time. I need to do anything. You know. Yeah. So it, it, there's definitely a lot of that rejection early on, but I so I have kids when I start too, and you I don't you don't talk to a lot of people that have a, a kind of an established family when they start. You're 37 or I keep getting your yeah, age whatever. mixed up. 30, it, later, and I'm tw I was 27 when I started. Yeah. which yeah, my it's comedy old term, for a comic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, that's a 130. Yeah, regular <laughs> like, years. who is this dad? Yeah, what's yeah. he up there talking about being a dad? Who has dad? No, no, like not dad, not dad jokes, dad material. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> the people love that. I, I, I think that I built all my early comedy on all. You know, you build your comedy on what yeah. you do. And I remember I had a, a live-in from uh, Oaxaca for a few years when uh -huh. I was working in my parents' shop, and so she would. When I first started stand up, I was still working at my parents' shop for the first like yeah. five years. Yeah. And um, and so I had a you know live in, and so a lot of my comedy was about the live in and right. the live in raising Absolutely. my kids. Yeah. And, and you do you do the, you just go from that. Yep. And and Lily, my oldest one, Emily, she was she's very funny. Yeah. And she was very like she would sit on the couch and I made her listen to my set and she'd go hack, <laughs> hack, <laughs> hack. <laughs> Hack. This is the girl that was calling hack. you in and uh, calling in your avails. Yes. She's, she's just hack. She's like hack. Everything. If I ever got laughed out of heard her, heard it, heard hack. it. Yeah. No. No. Seriously. So it was really That's great. That's Phyllis's dill no. joke. Yeah. Uh, want another airplane joke, mom? No. Yeah. Hack. <laughs> so they're they're not only supportive, they're involved. Oh yeah. In, right away. So much, and they, and I took them whenever I was. Whenever they're off school and that's where we could travel, I took them on the road with me a bunch of times. Yeah, and I, I'll say when I first started, I was I was almost like a little embarrassed. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're like you're 27, you're a dad, you have a job. Like this is kind of weird. Why are you? Yeah. Why are you sludging around open mics? Yeah. You know, I don't with have all a these right to do this. What yeah. I what I'd like to do. And everyone is such degenerates. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like true. we all are. And I am just in a different way. Like on the outside, everything's pretty put together. So it felt like. Man, I don't relate to a lot of these people in general. I'm yeah. in different life stages. Yeah. I don't, you know, we yeah. do different things. There's and no needles in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. But there was like, in, for lack of a better thing, there was just kind of a, an itch that needed to be scratched. There was like, I want to do this. I want to try this. And yep. I did it. And, you know, you catch the bug or blah, 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 blah. But even still, it is, <clears throat> you know, there's just challenges. You're missing dinners because you're going out early. You know, you... Uh, you uh, you watch your kids do something and you don't just enjoy it. You go, can I put that on stage? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I remember I used to go to little, little the one kid played <clears throat> like competitive volleyball and I, I put you know that was like our her whole world and it was a lot of time right right and she ended up getting college scholarship but I remember showing up in Anaheim at the sports center in my outfit before I'd go to Hollywood yes I'd walk in like a hooker <laughs> and the later <laughs> kind the, of a hooker the, yeah like a real hooker <laughs> yeah. and the other parents would. 
talk about me and then I'd hear stories later as they got to know me oh but then they really appreciated that I mean there was times I would drive from Reno all night long yes. to see a morning game and yeah. I'd show up you know and that's what you do yeah and it's just it's just what you do it, uh, this last Sunday I'm coming back I had a gig in Gray Georgia 2,000 people the billboard say uh, Gray Georgia uh, 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 keep gray rural. <laughs> like there's a possibility they're going <laughs> to be turned into New York City tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, hey, real, real metropolitan. Oh, hold the subway. I go into the McDonald's and uh, I order. I go and order an oatmeal and a coffee, uh, and they kind of looked at me like, oatmeal. I was like, it's on your menu. Almost like they like it Another was just bought, a, it was nobody a box ever bought it before that corporate had sent them. You know, I'm like yeah. I sit on that on my break. I don't know. Oh, that, <laughs> and I order a coffee. And I go, oh, this is my first time here. I've never been to, and in unison, these two girls go, we know. <laughs> like they knew, <laughs> they, they, know they, they knew see you. right away. And 2,000 people came to the show? That no, 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 no. There's 2,000 people, people in, in the, the No, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I uh, was going to say. No, 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 no. Where? It was 200 people. Well, that's good, 10% yeah. of the town came. That's yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and, uh, but. In San Diego, that would be 200,000 <laughs> people. I know. We need to start getting that percentage. We, whatever they're doing in gray is working marketing-wise. The, uh. Uh, but so the next day, I'm taking an early flight because my daughter has a dance recital. And I missed the first one. She has two dance recitals, one at the school and then one at the little theater. And uh, I was like, okay, I can't miss both of these. And Sundays, usually I'm in town on Sundays. And uh, I was like, I got to get home. I got to get home. Just praying against, you know, delays. You've been there. It's was there terrifying. a direct flight? Or? It was a direct flight okay. from Hartfield, you know, in Atlanta, which yeah. is a busy airport yeah. to San Diego. I should be getting home in no time. The issue becomes uh, the, f the flight is oversold and now they're offering vouchers. Oh, no, no, no. That's a moral <laughs> dilemma. <laughs> and it's way oversold. They go, we have 11. We're over, we need 11 volunteers. That's a lot of volunteers. How much did they get up to? They got up to $700. Oh, my God. And, and not just vouchers, in Visa gift cards no. and Best Buy gift cards. No. And I'm thinking... Surely they, we can record this. Surely we can record this, and I can watch this on our new flat screen that yes, we bought from Best which Buy. Yes, your daughter would so enjoy. <laughs> Did you not take the no, money? Of no, you of course. I got on the plane, oh, and I came good. home, and I, 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 and I saw the joy in my daughter's eyes, and I was like, okay, I made oh. the right decision. But even part of you is like, $700. Oh, no, there is no way. But th it's, I it, would have been lying my teeth out. Uh, the plane, <laughs> unfortunately... <laughs> There was a mechanical problem. There's nothing I could do. And <laughs> well, I mean, because you, you you're really setting yourself up for a cats in the cradle situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You know, <laughs> so you did the right thing. Well, oh, it, the torture. Oh yeah, honey. No, no, no. You can have some of the gift card. I'm sorry, I missed your of recital. Course, uh, that's what I would have been dealing. Yeah. You have a yeah. Toys R Us in that bag, ma'am. <laughs> do you have Toys R Us? That's exactly right. So you deal with that. But you you get home. You do. The, I've done that too. The the late night drives. So you're around. You're groggy. You're falling asleep at the volleyball game. You're yeah. doing it all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. But it, you, you have a relationship with them now. That's great. How old are the daughters? I mean, I, w I wouldn't have traded, like, any any success financially or, you know, star away yeah. that I would have had if I had a – from the life that we have. It's right. so much fun. Yeah. It's just been – It's we have a great life. Right. And how so how old are the daughters now? They're adults. They're I, I can't not good with it's, numbers. It's all right. but one of them is like twenty six. One of them is sure thirty seven, about to start. Twenty six and thirty three. <laughs> twenty six and thirty three. Or thirty two. Something like that. So this is so uh, you know, my dad lives with me, so I have a, an idea of what um you know, the I'm an adult 
he's the dad, the adult child relationship. But to think about it now, my kids are 10, 8, and 3. Uh, she'll be 4 next week. And to think about them being adults and dealing with adult things. It's and so much fun. Is it? It's so much fun. Do you – at one point, you just make this decision that you don't have to help them anymore. <laughs> and then you can borrow money from them. I recently borrowed $30,000 wow. from the old one to one buy the new trailer because my other trailer sold. <laughs> I'm like, this pays me. You know, I have to pay her back. But yeah. This felt good. Yeah. This is everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, all that. <laughs> and she yeah. was happy to do it or happy was to it do arm it. twisting? Well, I'm going to have to uh, get her, uh, her husband a new bed liner for his truck. But that was okay. all I had to do for it. <laughs> That's not yeah, bad nothing. to get the trailer to get of your dreams. To get a $30,000 loan with no interest? Yeah, no, it's on sweet. Top, the trailer on top yeah, of the hill. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it, no, and they're, and, and they're just, there's a point where you just go, you stop giving them those, that advice that you right. used to give them because you don't need to do that anymore. And they right. just become your friends. Yeah. You're on peer level. Yeah. And once that happens. Because well, you have the same issues. Yeah, the same, and, you, and it frees you up when you think of them as, they're done you've finished right now you just enjoy them yeah it's yeah. wonderful yeah because it now it's constant coaching yeah and effort and you know you're responsible uh, for their life yeah yeah they did this today i mean we, we our son's 10 and you know he's on the doorstep of puberty he's just right there yeah where he's on he's on the eve of it and constant you know i, I told melissa my wife like this kid has to make ten thousand choices a day and mm -hmm. his brain is vibrating it's 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 crazy he, he's literally transforming he's about to start adolescence which is the transformation from a child to an adult right and so everything about him is changing and he's testing and he's mean to a friend and he's nice to this kid and he's trying to be cool but he's also still kind of a kid and he'll 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 you know uh it's cool to like this but he'll he'll still kind of enjoy watching his little sister's shows but he has to be cool about it you know oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true and they're the little chemicals in the little boys are just oh huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i yeah. get it yeah so yeah. It, it's an interesting you know thought to go oh they're not gonna be your kids anymore i mean they'll be your kids they're not gonna be your children anymore yeah. You know, but uh, what I used to do is like be really sad at the beginning of any phase change, you know, baby change, toddler change. All oh, the babies I didn't really enjoy. But toddler <laughs> change, um, you know, kindergarten change, first grade. Then I realized, why am I sad? Everything I like better. Yeah. And when they get to be adults, honestly, I like it better than any other part. Really? Really? See, I like them when they're uh, – I have a 10- and 8-year-old. I liked them when they were younger. I do. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I really love the adolescent years, and I love the teenager years. I should say I like them. I just love their little years. Yes. I love it's the so, cuteness It is adorable. It. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I, I'm a sucker for cute, yeah. especially with my girls. But I, was, I think you were – Dad, I, as a mom, it's all on you, their, their mm -hmm. protection, I think. And for me, the, yeah. keeping another person alive, remembering that you brought a kid with you, that's right. too much. Yeah. <laughs> Once they can speak up, Mom, yeah. remember I'm with you. Yeah. That's what I need. The child, the little kids, I'm, I'm just I'm so terrified. I would, yeah. It was all on you. After five, they have to take some responsibility. Yep, absolutely. But no, that makes sense because when I talk to Melissa about it, it is, well, sometimes we'll see a little one. Or we'll look at Claire, who's turning four. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna miss this. And she's like, mm -mm. no, I'm good. I don't. I know what it takes to, to birth one of these. Yeah. I don't need another. I don't need to go through that process again. No. And you know, it's it's just it's all on you. You know, your body goes through the changes. You go through. And the you guys and leave and do it. And we're we're you know, I mean, you're a couple, but I mean, whether I'm, I'm gone single, depending on the week, I'm gone yeah. three four nights. That's right. You know, and the new life you have is way different even now as right. a comic compared yeah. to just nine to five guy. Absolutely, it's yeah. A, it's all yeah. on her. So yeah, for her as well, it's so much easier. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. Although, it's easy to say, don't you want another one? And then leave for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure do. There's four like of these. a couple more. And my dad's like a fourth child, honestly. Yeah, right. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> He's so funny. My dad, I, love, I was raised by a single dad, and, uh, uh, and, he, and he did great. My mom kind of went away, and then she reemerged and would love her. And things are good now. There's, you know, but there's just gaps. Yeah. You know, um, you, we're making the best of what we have now. Yeah. So, but it's fun to have my dad in the house because he's filling in memories of what things were like. And, uh, but it, it's the struggle. Having your parent live with you, because he's down here because it's warm and he likes being around the grandkids. And every once in a while he'll chip in in different ways. But he's a bit of a hypochondriac. He's a bit of like just the worries and this and this. And something's kind of always wrong. He said uh, today he came out. He'd slept for like 10, 11 hours. And he comes out and he said, oh, man, I'm, I'm starting to worry that I, I'm getting too much sleep. And we're like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> you guys are <laughs> painting your eyes open. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm getting too much rest. <laughs> Is there anything maybe I could do to help around the house now it and was, then? It was, there was an old Dana Carvey bit. Dana Carvey was my favorite comic growing up where he talked about non-parents that would go up to kids and they go, you know, she comes up and your friend goes, I slept till noon and I'm still tired, <laughs> you know, and you're like, this is happening in my real life, but it's my dad <laughs> <laughs> who's living with us. <laughs> Overall, positive to have him in the house. But when he comes out and just goes, oh, and then he kills the coffee, you know, like, all right, go back to your your uh, cave and wow. sleep some more. <laughs> How fun. Yeah, really. He can't even make another pot. Dad. So, yeah, exactly. So the thought of them. You know, cause to, to be adults and having peer-like conversations. And at a certain, like you said, when they're adults, you have the same struggles. You have bills to pay. You have careers to figure out. And especially if your kid's young. Like, yeah. we had our kids young. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, when my kid graduates from high school, I'm going to be 40. Yeah. 41. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, it's not like I'm going to have my life figured out. Eh, maybe, though. I mean, it's, it, and then you got college and you got a spread. I mean, it's, 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 and then let's yeah. face it, it never ends because, like, they still call me, like, you know, yeah. can you, can you, can you? And I always say, whenever possible, yes, yes, yes. Yes. I always can. Are they coming? So they're related to there are still those moments where you're clearly mom coming to you for advice oh, yeah. or solace yeah. or comfort. Yeah, the same bad advice I've always given them. <laughs> they don't listen to it, but they always I ask. can be here for you no they're matter like, what. You I know, can always be here you know, to give it, you bad it advice. It always comes down to mom lives in a trailer. We'll ask her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, merch shirt you, know, you would sell uh, you, after shows. You know, I was listening to Lacey Vaughn, that skier, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, like before you do a really big show, that's a really big show, important show, like a right. showcase or a television, right. how terrifying it can be. Absolutely. And I heard her say the other day, she goes, before I race, she used to always think about, you know, these amazing injuries she's always got, like, Billy, if you listen to her, like, she's femur broken. She's broken every bone in her body. Yeah. And she goes, when she tricked herself a few years ago, she goes, so I can keep doing this, what I love, to do, I just say in, instead of that moment of fear that I always had at the gate, yeah. which I heard this other guy skier goes, the only reason I go is because there's six other guys next to me. If they right. weren't there, he goes, I'd probably choose not to. I would to. never do this so, by myself. Right. So she's up there at the gate. So she just said, I tricked myself to say, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm enjoying this opportunity yeah. right now that I have. So I'm like, she is risking her life. I yes. live in a trailer. I'm doing stand-up. If I fail, well, how far could I fall? It's I'm at stakes. the bottom. Yeah. I have nothing <laughs> to lose by any performance ever again. <laughs> so I took her picture and I cut it out. I'm like, I'm carrying it. Yeah, you're my inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe that it comes in later. But man, you, you, every performance still, you, you always want to do well. It's not like you, 
You know, like it can feel like, oh, it's a low stakes show, but man, when you're up there, it hurts. Every bomb hurts, you know. But I've never seen you struggle, so oh, no, I don't, no, I'm no, sure I still, you have. No, I still, I still do, and I still like I'll per- mm. and I don't want to say I purposely, but there there are times when I'm like going, I shouldn't do this right now. <laughs> Let's do it, <laughs> you know. And and I used to love to watch really master comics, and they they they'd be so sick of doing well, they dig a hole, dig a hole, yes. dig a hole, dig out, dig just out, to just because they, they did do do just what they did to me. Oh. No, I I don't intentionally do that necessarily. But I, I do do I just misbehave sometimes, yeah. and and I then I go oh, I shouldn't you know and then I still mm, and you know it's just now and then. But and it's authentic and it's fun at that point. Yeah, you and you're having it. a good time. You got yeah. it just for you. But I do you rem- have I told you the story of the very first time I saw you do comedy? No. So the idea of you being uh, La Jolla trying to get in is I don't know that world because when I started there was the La Jolla comics and then there were like kind of the have been around La Jolla legends. You know, um, who had just kind of been around and, uh, you know, like some guys that you know, some guys that you don't. And you were kind of on the list. Uh, Ray Anderson, you know, like just guys kind of like some old school guys that you didn't necessarily see a lot, but you would know. And um, I was like, oh, this guy goes to this guy performs in Los Angeles. You know, I didn't know. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, So the first time I'm hanging out at the store, because I started here, but I do the store a lot now. Um, the first time that I, I, I go up there, uh, Bobby Lee's hanging out. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's great. That's Bobby Lee. Yeah. You know, this guy was on Mad TV yeah. when I was a kid, you know. And I know that Bobby is the San Diego guy originally. Yeah. And he's in that ilk of. Fred Burns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he's outside, and I hear big laughs, big laughs, big laughs. And I walk in, and you're on stage. And I, I, I look at the list, and I go, it's Vicky. And you are dressed in normal, uh, what people would think is a prostitute at a volleyball game. <laughs> yeah, <works>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ivanka. <laughs> and you're on stage, and you are—you couldn't be crushing harder. You know, there's that top echelon. You're just crushing so hard, and you're leaning forward, and one of your boobs pops out. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I remember that hey, night. Oh, <laughs> yes. This is the first time that I see you. Oh my you God, I'm so on. sorry. Uh, what, <laughs> and you didn't realize it at first. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. The whole crowd gasped. Yeah. And we all and are laughing because they're with you. Yeah. And they like you, and you don't know what's happening. Right. Yeah. And we all have the fear of your fly being down yeah. or there's something. Yeah. Titties out. This is a totally different level of oh my gosh, what happened. And you rolled with it. Mm. You remember this yeah, moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. I tried to suppress it till you brought it back. And now, <laughs> now it's all rumbling back in a horrible fire. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so horrible. But you, you recovered. You, you didn't even, it wasn't even recovery. You didn't even, I, in part when you were talking yeah. to talk, talking yeah. about digging yourself in a hole, is yeah. like, did she do it on purpose? No. Did you do <laughs> No. Did you see no if I way. could get out of the no. I accidentally exposed myself there, hole, that old no. trick? There was another thing I used to do, which I shouldn't do again because it's really fun. I used to change clothes during my set. Oh, really? So I would pull one leopard dress off and pull one up. Would you acknowledge it or were yeah, you just I up would, there doing it? I would just do it. i go, time for a costume change. <laughs> but one time, <laughs> I had a long dress and had a big slit in it, yeah. as I recall. And somehow or another, with pulling the other dress, I can't remember now if the long one came off or the short one came off, but whichever, in the l- midst of it, the slit exposed and there was quite a show. So you've and been naked on stage it was, before it was, that. It was the, yeah. the lower part. You you were Bobby's yeah. inspiration. I was like the, you know Bobby yeah. and I. Bobby loves to you know of course take off his clothes and I don't know what 
if I ever want to see his tummy again. <laughs> and I know nobody wanted to see what they saw that night. I'm, I'm not well taken care of. But, uh, anyway, there's a lot of men that are gay now. Sure. You can imagine what it was like for me. And because uh, nobody, everybody was laughing. I was like, is it just like this here? Is, this, is it like <laughs> this every night? Because nobody was, everyone was like, yeah, it's old Vicky. Like as it was it like a <laughs> shtick. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's doing that old thing again. <laughs> that, exactly. And then your daughter comes in, hack. Hack, hack, <laughs> with a tit. Hack. Really? Oh, she see that old before. <laughs> God. They're, oh, those poor kids. It was So I have two vivid Vicky memories, and it's that, and then the other one of you. This is, a, this is part of the reason that my wife adores you so much, is we are at uh, Ryan and Jaseya's pool party right what, what was oh the, god what was the day housewarming party housewarming party warm day there are uh four people that are go- are swimming yeah <clears throat> three of them are nickerson children yep they're darling the fourth is vicky <laughs> i'm in my clothes i didn't bother putting a suit on on the dolphin on the dolphin and wouldn't let my kids use the dolphin yeah they wanted to be on it i don't know I'm like, no. But you so politely, they were like, can we? And you're like, I'm using it right now, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) But you kept rolling off. You kept doing accidental barrel rolls. There's a 200-pound woman on a (laughs) dolphin. It's not meant to hold that much weight. (laughs) was so funny. And they're just swimming around you, and it's just my three Nickerson kids swimming around. We were playing basketball. They, too. That's right, you were playing basketball. I tried to divert them so and I could hold on to the. You wouldn't let them win. No, you wouldn't. No, I would never let a kid win. I was mad. You remember that? Oh. Yeah, you were mad. Joel kept beating you. I think it's. Good. <laughs> I'm pushing. This him. is Nickelodeon's funniest mom right here. This <laughs> the is worst <laughs> mom. The worst mom. Oh. Funniest, at oh, least. Oh, it's so funny when I think about these people that hire me for fundraisers and they think they're going to get Nickelodeon's funniest <laughs> mom. And I try. Yeah. I do try. How, do, how did you earn that title? What, what Was that a competition? Was that a, I don't. Yeah, it was a competition in a couple of years. I tried to get in it, but it was all, Laugh Factory shut me out because I was a comedy store comic. Mm. They totally shut me out. And then uh, the producers. That sounds like ended old up, school Hollywood. Yeah, it was. And then they changed to the producers that did Polly Shore's short lived TV show. Mm-hmm. And they knew me and they brought me into audition. Yeah. And then it was at the Laugh Factory. And the I didn't, I always avoided, not avoided, never ran into Roseanne because she was hardly doing stand up. Right. Things. I always thought if she saw me. Because she was hosting me, the show, right? And I always was worried if she saw me, she'd think I was a, a, cop, a hack of her. Oh, but I, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm similar. But we're very different. Our comedy's really different. But it's similar because I live in a trailer. She lived in a trailer. So anyway, I was always yeah. worried. And we have dark hair at the time. So I was always, Miss, would Roseanne think I'm just, you know, whatever. Right. So I was never saw her before. So I go there. I find out she's going to be the host. I said, is she here tonight? Everyone said, no, she's not here. So I said, thank God. So I did my set. And it turns out I started hearing her laughing off to the side. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-huh. Well, so you know anyway, that laugh when you yeah. hear it, too. And so then she she loved me, though. She was wonderful, yeah. and she let me write for her. And, yeah, she's – Did wish she get she, you on the show? She's not let me write for her show now, though. <laughs> and I wish <laughs> she was. It's a different kind of show. Because <laughs> I bet you I could make it funnier. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it's going to be, but yeah. I know I could. That's great. So, grand, do you have grandkids? Or are I, they no. – I do. And you know what? One thing happened a few years ago because, like, I think it was because I had grandkids and everything else – there was Tommy was running the comedy store in L.A. Mitzi was gone, mm-hmm. and Tommy just just never. He's like, what is what what he hated me. Mm. He hated anyone old, anyone um, black, anyone most women. Mm. He was just a horrible guy, 
and he but he was willing to take care of Mitzi two days a week because she needed overnight care and so they right. let him work there and Mitzi liked him enough which was good but he just hated me and I was not willing to fight yeah. for my spot so I just kind of took myself out of it and then when I did that taking myself out of the store I, I sort of became like I thought okay I don't know this was like maybe eight years ago seven or so years ago seven maybe I don't yeah know. I'm not good with numbers but it made me get really um, kind of depressed and sad and I thought well just not going up there anymore I, well I just I thought well you know what there was my comedy career mm. I got really good and I and I need to stop now because I'm too old and it's over and I didn't I didn't tend my garden well enough and mm. it's I've lost it it's over <laughs> and it, I didn't deserve it anyway and I sure had a great time and boy is it done mm. and I pretty much backed off from most stand-up for like about a year I hardly went up at all and right and I was really sad and kind of crazy in my head like kind of um, really really upset and right. but wouldn't acknowledge it right and I was just kind of nutty for a couple years like really like lost mm. and then I don't know what happened a few years ago something I said to myself I went and started going up again with these funniest housewives of Orange County right show. right Cindy Byrne yeah, yeah. And, they, and it kind of brought me back and then my a few fundraisers and it just kind of brought me back to doing it and realizing all these years you learn how to lay a brick wall you become a master bricklayer why would you quit right nobody told me i had to quit right i told <laughs> myself i had to quit yeah i'm like i took myself out of the game you just got in your head it got in my head and yeah. i believed all those bad things that i used to think about right myself. and so the cool thing is i feel like a few years ago when i first started stand-up it's like somebody threw me a life reserve the woman who walked with the three books into the class yeah. to look smart <laughs> that, that was the just knew nothing about yeah. herself and knew nothing about joy mm -hmm. other than being a mom so then I got to have this great joyous life and then I decided I didn't get that anymore mm -hmm. and then then I got it back in a different way because when I got it back it's been like um, even more precious yeah. to me and uh, and I kind of feel like I'm, I'm so old now that I'm over this weird hump <laughs> like I'm so like almost a it's just a it's it's a variety it's, now. A, it's, it's just a, a, it's like a, hey she's an old woman comic it's a different <laughs> world anyway and the it, but my the thing is my audiences that i work in front of they can be young they can be old mm -hmm. they can be poor they can be rich they can be anything because they're still i still am the same person even though yes. i'm older and i might the the um vulnerability might be stronger and that might make it more yes. interesting yeah but i've been having more fun the last couple of years than I've ever had and I'm so just super grateful you know that's lovely for that I love that yeah it's it's interesting how we uh, every comic that I'm I've met is internally a mess and if they're not they're usually not very good you know <laughs> it's funny that's it's, it's true to a lot of, to a great extent right yeah everybody if you if you're gonna do this you're gonna have something going on right but on the other hand there's so many there's Everybody, you, you want to go to Kmart and see those people have things going on? Yeah. Everybody has yeah, things going that's on. That's true. Yeah. So what I kind of think that in comedy, what I love is people go, oh, you don't like comics, do you? I'm like, huh, you ever want to work at a carpet store and hang out with carpet installers? <laughs> you think they're fabulous people? I mean, I think what we find is more kindred spirits I, in the comedy It's like world. finding your tribe. And you can, yeah. you can, and not all of them, but I'm founding, I found, you know what I mean? I feel like it's so lucky to be around yeah. other comics because there's going to be kindred. There's going to be so yeah. many wackos that you know, we don't, we're on the same wacko level, no. Yeah, you just but find a person, because to me it's more, the comic is just, it's like, you're just thinkers, right? It's on all the time. And so you find somebody 
when you when you connect with another comic, you go, oh, you've thought about that too. And you've thought about everything yeah. all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. You've thought about big things and small things constantly. Yeah. And yourself and ev and everybody around you and literally everything you've ever seen, you've thought about it and have an opinion on yeah. it. And so when you start to meet people like that, you start to realize you're, oh no no, like you said, there's a kindred spirit here. There's a tribe here. I. I, I relate to these people, finally, yeah. finally. Exactly. But at the same time, I think it's interesting when you're talking about where you're like, well, I'm too old for this. I think that most of the comics that I've met have some insecurity in them that talks them out of a why I can't be great or why I shouldn't do comedy. For me, it was, I, oh, I'm 27. That's a late start. Yeah. I'm a dad. You know, I I'm can't just, be irresponsible. Yeah, young, I have to get more money yeah, in my regular job. Young people won't like me. Yeah. I'm, I won't, they won't relate yep, to me in exactly. any way. And we have that. And then I go, no, 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 it's not about that. It's, you know, comedy, if I can be funny and I can be authentic, then I've got something going. But that's we all have something. Well, I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. There I'm a woman. Fear, I'm a, yeah. And there, there's a fear there. And the, yeah. there's a fear is our fear is with us right and so that's the thing like always managing fear like Lindsay Vaughn like my whole world is about managing the fear right the fear is with me but it's not gonna drive me right it doesn't get to drive me. right it's right. here hello fear yeah but it can't be it has to be back there yeah and, and <clears throat> so Seinfeld talks about that and that comics they deal with quelling fear more than anybody because with each new act, except for Lindsey Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And in that, sometimes, well, that's the thing though. If you uh, Americans' number one fear is public speaking. That's what we're more scared of than anything else. It's not flying. It's not driving. It's not spiders. It's not snakes. It's not. It's it's not murder. It's not. It's not shoot. It's not guns. It's public speaking. That's what Americans say is their number one fear. And then that is heightened to its most crucial extent on a stage where not only are you public speaking. Everyone goes, be funny. You have to be funny. You have to try. You have to put yourself. So crowds, even in comedy club, they go, oh, uh, is he going to be funny? I don't I don't know. You, you know, like, uh, he seems awkward, or I don't know if he's going to be funny. He doesn't look like a comedian. Um, I started at the, at the beginning of January. I was in shows. I was doing shows at Brad Garrett's Club in Vegas. Super fun. And the uh, I, my first two nights, I really struggled. Uh, I wasn't bombing, but I wasn't doing well. Either. Vegas are weird. Well, and, and it was interesting because yeah. I talked to the middle, really nice guy, Dave Burley, and he goes, uh, you're too adversarial. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, um, you're obviously used to playing rooms where you feel like you have to prove that you're funny. These people spent $50 on a ticket. They think you're funny. They want you to yeah. be funny. And that's so opposite. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of comics are like, prove it. You got to prove to me that you're funny. They're like, we spent enough. They're at a Vegas show. They chose you over Cirque du Soleil. And they're yeah. just saying, no, pr no, no, no. We assume it's, you're funny. You wouldn't be at this club if you're not funny. That's so funny because you're used to pushing shows where the lineup is, is uh, terrifying. Right. <laughs> Mostly people aren't funny. Right. But, you know, Steve Martin said uh, comedy is an agreement between you and the audience that you're funny. Yes. And, like, that's a for me like that's like a qual a calming yeah all the yeah. time uh, but when you're doing when you bring your boom box into a bar nobody's agreed to anything hey <laughs> and i think that was so much fun <laughs> let me ruin your night you wouldn't take me out would you weenie brain you don't even and so when let me wreck your night and when they're not into it and they weren't for the show i don't even feel bad no. i'm just like this is this hey, is my fault this is important <laughs> to me <laughs> uh we, we, we're going to do a show here in a couple minutes. We're at Madhouse and the show starts in, I think, doors here in a couple minutes. Do you, I, I, holiday shows are always interesting to me. 
Have you done Valentine's? I'm sure you've done Valentine's yeah. Day show before. Usually good crowds, right? Oh, they're right? always fun. Yeah. They're so fun. They're Valentine's Day is fun. Yeah. Of course, tonight will be horrible because we said it was fun. <laughs> okay, I want to say that Valentine's is the worst night to perform. It's going to be awful. Oh, it's going to be horrible. Oh, it's going to be so bad. They're going to throw chocolates at us. No, it's, it, you're, they're out on a show. Yeah. They probably spend a little more money on the ticket than normal. Yeah. The room won't be papered. All those kind right. of things. All good comedy indicators. They're on dates. That's dates right. are. There'll be no bachelorette parties. Oh. There'll be no. Well, I oh. think probably not. Well, there could be a posse of chicks. There, girls' night know, out, could be, single night. We don't need we a man. <laughs> okay. uh, which is typically my least favorite crowd member. The I, I, I uh, in general, my least favorite crowd member is a young, cute girl, because they they think there no rule applies to them in yeah, life. Right. You know, it's just like he wouldn't. It's okay that I talk because I'm cute. And you exactly. Have to, I'm like I don't. You, you, I, I don't care that you're. I'm married and I don't like people. Yeah, I don't. That's <laughs> like, no, I don't, that's really bad news for a girl like that. So yeah. Don't ever give her that bad news. Yeah. She only has ten more good years. <laughs> Just let her be adorable. <laughs> it doesn't last. I had a friend text me recently. She's a young female comic, and uh, she said to me like, "Oh man, being old as a comedian." That sounds as a uh, being an old comedian sounds terrifying. You know, I'm so glad that's so far away. And I was like, no, you're 24. You're four years away from female old. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, different exactly. set of standards. Yeah, but she'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be phenomenal. So, uh, they're, they're the holiday as far as holidays go, Valentine is a good one. I don't like New Year shows though. Christmas Day shows are the worst. I don't don't think I've ever <laughs> oh, done God. a Christmas I've, Day I, I've show. Done Christmas Day La Jolla <laughs> for like three years. In they a row. do a show in La Jolla. Uh -huh. Really? Christmas night. A Christmas night. Yeah, we don't do Christmas Eve, but Christmas night. Yeah. Who comes out to that show? Oh, it's pathetic. Are there people, people there? People that you should you imagine who would go to a show yeah. on Christmas. It's not they're the there. family. They're there. They and all went and what? saw the but newest. You know pic the, the good people went and saw the newest Pixar yeah. movie that day. It, but you know what? I feel so bad for them that I always try my best. And actually, I've, honestly, I've, I have to say it's always been fun. Yeah. But it's but a challenge. I've never done a show on Christmas Day. Well, I hope you don't have to. <laughs> but you will. I don't like New Year's shows. This show is usually. You don't like New Year's shows. I don't like New Year's shows. I love New Year's shows. Yeah. Because all the girls are in the big titties are out. Right. It's a titty fest. I love it. Right. That's, uh, uh, again, married, don't like people. So but that yeah. doesn't, yeah. You but know what, though? I, there's, there's an energy to the, a New Year's show that I don't like. Which is like it's not about the comedy show, it's and that's the arrogance in me because you're really right, I'm like, oh, this comedy show is the only thing that matters. I don't care about your New Year's party. It's just a stupid artistic yeah. integrity. The See, show matters more. I like shut up. I don't care about a countdown. I don't care about a champagne toast. I, I like disasters, so that's why I like New Year's Eve shows. <laughs> yeah. I like it all, I, and I also like when I get to help the staff pour the cheap champagne. Yeah. That's my favorite thing: going in the back and pouring those little plastic glasses, and then knocking the waitress over who has fifteen of them. I love that every year. Good for you. Well, I hope tonight goes well. Oh, yeah. It's Thank you for terrible. doing this, Vicky. Thank you, Dustin. And congratulations on your career and, and taking it all the way. Thank I'm you so, so much. Because we all you. love you. Oh, it's we so love fun. you as well. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you have not done so already, please rate and subscribe. Follow us on all the social medias and share with all of your friends. Also, if you want to shoot us a note, uh, you can email us at don'tmakemecomebacktheir at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and you have not done so already, please go back and listen to all the episodes we've done before. Thanks so much, everybody.